1: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, June 19th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into today, Jay Book. Let's start with the breaking news from yesterday. Ohio State and Alabama have scheduled a home-and-home home series, and I figured when I first saw the headline, before I saw the years, I oh, was this going to be like in the 2040s or something like that. It's really not that too far into the future, college football speaking-wise, 27, 2027 and 2028, the home and home will happen with Columbus going first and Tuscaloosa going second. So seven, eight years away from OSU Bama. Sign me up for that, Jay Book.
2: Oh man, I'm, I'm super excited about this. I, I am looking forward to seeing an SEC team Crossing the Mason-Dixon line, coming up north. I would prefer to see it later in the season, uh, just so that they can get a taste of the, that little bit of, of cool weather. But nonetheless, this is a, a great opportunity for Ohio State of I many. Credit to Gene Smith. Ohio State wants to smoke from anyone. They'll play anyone, anywhere, and the one thing you have to love about it is they're not doing the 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 neutral site games. They Ohio State essentially saying, "Come to our house, and we'll come to your house, and we'll duke it out." and let the best program win. And that's what you're seeing, especially if you look at, you know, Ohio State's schedule with Oregon and Notre Dame and Texas and Washington and Georgia's coming up after Alabama. You got Alabama and Boston College on there. So it, it's, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun for Ohio State football fans.
1: Ohio State wants to smoke from anyone. I think I know what the headline of the show is going to be. Thank you, <laughs> sir, for that. You always are dropping like so many good lines on me. I'm like, man, which of his cool quotes should I use as the headline <laughs> this week? I think we have a winner. Although you never know with you. You might even top of that one. Um, as promised, and I'm glad you mentioned some of those other ones. Like, yeah, you know, two years after the Alabama series ends, they're doing a home and home with Georgia. I mean, you know, for years, people are saying, how come they don't do home and homes with SEC schools? We, we saw it. You know, a little bit in the 80s, they had one with LSU, which was really cool. They didn't have a home home and home with Bama in the 80s, but they did have, you know, the one game that was the kickoff classic. So uh, I'm really glad to see this. And yeah, Gene Smith doesn't fear anyone. Ohio State doesn't fear anyone. I love it. All right, let's get into some other topics. I want to start off with our two most recent polls on Bucknuts. We do our Bucknuts poll of the day, Monday through Thursday. Um, Let's start with the one that I did yesterday, Jay Book. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. which 2021 uncommitted recruit, would you want Ohio State to land the most?
2: Yeah, I I actually casted a vote here for JTT Amalu. I think that if you can get the number one recruit in the country uh, based on 24-7 rankings, a guy who many believe is an absolute game changer, that's the one that I'm going to go with, especially with the defensive line. If you can control the line of scrimmage no matter – uh how good your back end is you will have a shot and if with Ohio State if you can get this kid he can come in he can you can kick him outside you can kick him inside I just think that he's one of those guys that you really put a feather in your cap to say hey we got the number one player in the country and we pulled him out of the state of Washington
1: I'm with you and I really like Tywone Malone not because that's an awesome name and he you know could be frank thomas part two the big hurt part two but you know if it wasn't for jtt i'd probably pick taiwan malone and there's a lot of good players you could pick from that list um but i'm with you i'm going with jtt down with jtt okay the next recent poll that we did this is from wednesday another interesting one all right j book which true freshman will have the biggest impact for the buckeyes this fall
2: yeah, what was what was the name, The options again, or did the op- just
1: Yeah, well, you can name anybody you want, but I'll give you some options. So the basically, yeah. um, you know, the the four receivers. So you got Julian Fleming, you got Jackson Smith and Jigba, you've got G. Scott Jr., you've got Mookie Cooper, you got Paris Johnson. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys. Legend Cavassos received some votes, um, and I think. Pat is the one that posted that poll. I think he put Ryan Watts on there. Um, I think that might have been it. There might have been somebody else. He might have put some, some more guys on there, probably leaving somebody up, maybe Mayan Williams. But without giving it away who won, some of the guys that got the most votes were guys like, you know, Legend Cavazos, Paris Johnson, um, and Julian Fleming, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and, and G. Scott Jr. Was, was in the mix a little bit too.
2: I'm, I'm going to go with Julian Fleming because the reason I say that is if you look at the way Brian Hartline has uh, unleashed his arsenal of wide receivers, he's not afraid to play the younger guys. You saw it with Chris Alave, younger guy, tore up Michigan. Um, and, and if you look at, you look at um, Garrett Wilson, true freshman, tore up Michigan. And he he's showing that he's a superstar. So I think it's going to – the tradition is going to continue. Obviously, you have four guys who are ridiculously talented, but I just think that Julian Fleming is college-ready right now. He has the body type uh, to be re- able to play at the next level. I just think that the, the streak is going to continue – for the wide receivers having a guy that's going to be able to step up as a true freshman. And I, I'm throwing my, my, uh, my pick in as Julian Fleming.
1: Switching gears a little bit. The new rankings came out uh, for offensive players in the 24 seven sports rankings, the in-house 24 seven sports rankings, which obviously affects the composite since it's one third of the composite, but a couple guys I want to focus on here that made, Big jumps. I mean, Travion Henderson was already ranked high. Now he's ranked as the number 10 overall player in the country, still the number one running back in the country, and that's according to the 24-7 Sports uh, in-house rankings, number 10 overall, number one running back. Composite, also the number one running back, number 16 overall. So he gets a couple of, of spots bumped up in the composite. So Travion Henderson, already so excited about him. You have Charles Power from 24-7 Sports. Thinks not only is he the best running back this year, but he's the best running back he has seen the last few years, so that's that's better than Bijan Robinson. That's better than other guys Ohio State's missed out on. So that's pretty exciting stuff that Trayvon Henderson is ranked that high, and you got guys that I really trust saying things like that about him that he's the best running back recruit in the last few years.
2: Yeah, he's the, he's the total package, and the one thing that you have to really like about him is he's a he's a self motivated kid. He he came out on Twitter this week, thank twenty four seven for the recruiting bump, however. He said that uh, he's just getting started. He's coming for that that top spot. He's not happy with his rankings, even though he's a top-ten player, and that just means he has to work even harder. So when you have a, a younger guy with that much talent, with a competitive mindset who thrives on wanting to get better, the sky is the limit for those type of prospects because the talent is always there. When you have the talent combined with a tremendous work ethic, this kid can do anything that he sets his mind to, and then you the you mentioned the rankings you know look at Jalen Baller shooting up the rankings there yep yep know, <laughs> he he's a guy that that took a major major jump on the twenty four seven and a lot of people early on was kind of like, ah oh, is he a hall state material is he not but you know we're going to trust heartline, he has an eye for talent and sure enough you know. Uh, a year later, pretty much, this kid is is a top, I don't know, almost top 50 player, top five wide receiver in the country. Um, they're saying that his speed, his top-end speed, is in the top 96 percentile of the country as far as kids his age. And, and what you have in is another home run hitter. So that wide receiver room is just absolutely getting loaded here. And if you bring in the prize jewel of the, of the class, too, with um, – Ekbuka out of Washington, there's another wide receiver. I mean, you're just stacking talent on top of talent in that wide receiver room. Yeah,
1: it's almost as if you knew what my next question was going to be regarding Jaden Ballard. And, yeah, my friend, (laughs) he's not almost a top 50 overall prospect. He is a top 50 overall prospect now. He jumps up to the number 45 overall player in the country according to 24-7 Sports, and that jumps him to number 49 overall in the composite. He was somewhere, I believe, in the 70s according to 24-7 Sports, now jumping all the way from the 70s to the number 45 overall player in the country, the number two overall player in Ohio behind only Jack Sawyer, an Ohio State commit who is the number three overall player in the country according to both the composite and the in-house 24-7 sports ranking. So just great news all around there. Uh, Let's get to the current team. I want to ask you about Justin Fields. We all expect so much out of him. He was tremendous last year. He was a Heisman candidate last year as a first-year starter. First year in the Ryan Day offense. Comes in in, in January. Has to you know, meet all of his new teammates. And has a, one of the best years we've ever seen from an Ohio State quarterback. So you never know what's going to happen. But assuming he stays healthy, you have to think, Jay Book, he's going to be even better in year two. And I noticed you, know, you wanted to talk about you saw the Urban Meyer uh, referred to Fields as the most explosive player in college football. That's no surprise to me, but it's still cool hearing that from Coach Meyer.
2: Yeah, I, I thought it was fascinating because, you know, Urban, he lo- he loves freak athletes. He, if you look at um, his history of quarterbacks, I think Justin Fields is going to be um, – He's going to push for the number 1 quarterback when it comes to being drafted. I know a lot of people uh are is high on Trevor Lawrence, but I think when once Trevor Lawrence saw some defenses that were able to get pressure him and challenge him, he looked kind of suspect. Um, and I and people right now are looking at Justin Field. he's an absolute freak he's a video game created type of college football player six three over 230 runs it a in the low four four high four threes he can drop the dimes he can throw the, he can throw any ball that you ask of him on top of that his legs are good enough to where he can run for a thousand yards if you really want him to but I think that with Ohio State's arsenal of weapons that he has at his disposal, he's going to put up ridiculous numbers. And I'm so fired up just to see him play. Like I, I, I really, really hope that nothing happens to the football season because I, I have to see this kid play one more year in Ohio State uniform because I think that he has the potential to sh- to shatter a lot of records and and really be that that top one top one or two quarterback taken in the NFL draft. And I think with, with Ryan day saying that he's way further ahead as far as his development and understanding the offense compared to what he was just coming in Hall state tells you that this is a kid that put up, you know, almost 50 touchdowns who had a limited understanding on what the actual playbook and the offense was. And now you're telling me that he's way more advanced and understands has has a much more command of the offense. His leadership capabilities have have increased since he's, you know, familiar with the program. So I think that this kid has something special in the making. And with Urban Meyer coming out saying he's the most explosive player in all of college football, it makes me stand up and take notice because our eyes don't lie. When you have Urban who's in the booth, uh, you know, on Fox now on the pregame show saying, hey, this, this kid's the – He's the best one out there. Then I take his word for it.
1: All right. I'm going to blame you. You brought it up. I hope we have college football. You know, you said it just a few moments ago. I'm with you, man. Like all joking aside, like I, I, I have never flip flopped any on any subject more in my life. I was concerned early, but not too concerned. Then I was getting like really concerned, like, Man, I don't know if we're gonna have a college football season. And then I got way too cocky over the last three weeks, you know, just internally. And I you know, not that I was like spouting off about it on social media, but I've been very, very, very confident. I've said, I guess I have been public about it. I've said on the show I think we're 99.9% gonna have college football. Well, I'm eating my words now, hopefully not eating them, but I'm concerned once again. You have <laughs> a lot of players across the country getting it, which we knew that was gonna happen, but then you had a couple nights ago, you had Dr. Fauci. Whatever your opinion of Dr. Fauci is, yeah, he's, he tends to be a um, you know, worst-case scenario type of guy, but a lot of people in the medical profession are like that. I think he's a brilliant man. He's been wrong on a lot of stuff, and I get it, and he has his critics, but it's still concerning when he says things like he can only see the NFL playing if they do like a bubble, like the uh, uh, NBA is going to do. And I know the NFL is not going to do a bubble. And then he followed it up with, he can't really imagine college football being played this year. And my heart sunk when I heard him say that. Now, again, he could be wrong on this. He initially said wearing masks is nothing we need to do. And obviously it's something that is recommended now. So, but he's also a brilliant man. And it's just, I'm now, I still think we're going to have college football. I, I do think we're going to have college football. We all said the tweet from Teddy, Teddy Greenstein, at the Chicago Tribune on Wednesday saying he's hearing from – it was just one source, but he called a high-ranking official in college football that thinks it's about 50-50 we're going to have a season and maybe playing a truncated season of just 10 games in 10 weeks would help. But I'm concerned, again, I'm not at like a panic level, but where are you at on this, Jay Book?
2: Yeah, you and I, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago, and we were pretty pumped up because after Gene Smith's press conference, it, it seemed like all systems were go. It was now just a matter of uh, how how many people are we going to get in the stadium and how are we going to select who gets in, especially with Ohio State having 44,000 season tickets. Uh, packages renewed. So I I thought for sure, like, Hey, we're, we're good to go here. Um, I was thinking this, we're going to have limited fans and now, you know, you're starting to hear hear the doom and gloom again. Uh, I know Adam Schefter went on the Carpenter and Rothman show uh, earlier this week. And in the middle of their, their conversation, he said that he received a text from uh, an NFL source who said he's skeptical about if they're going to be able to have a season because Training camp is going is right around the corner. The NFL doesn't necessarily have protocols set on how they want to handle this. Now, the thing with this is if the pro sports can't figure it out, there is no shot for college football. Because if they have if, – if NFL and NBA and everybody in the Major League Baseball, if the pro sports are playing, I have a lot more confidence that college is going to be played. Um, the thing that you want to see, though, is – some type of protocol, ground, groundwork that's being laid that someone's going to take the charge and say, this is how you do it. This is how you're going to be able to get guys tested. But the good news is for Ohio State, is uh, Mike DeWine announced yesterday that the phase two, as far as uh, sports, is now op- is going to be opening up towards the end of June. Whereas, uh, and he specifically mentioned football to where scrimmages and contact and stuff will be allowed. So that's a that's a good news there for Ohioans that Mike DeWine is is taking that next step, allowing contact sports to resume.
1: Last thing before I let you go here on another extended version of the 5-ish, the Buckeye Pledge, of course, has gotten uh, national headlines. I think there's been a lot of fake outrage there. I'm just curious um, to get your thoughts on the Buckeye Pledge. Do you view it as a legal document? Um, Also comment on the fact that every coach, or excuse me, every parent and every player I've talked to says, they've said, we're totally on board with this. There wasn't one dissenting voice. All the players, all the parents were in concert on this. They had no problem signing it, but – you have some national people that are a little hot and bothered by it. Where does Jonah Booker come down on the Buckeye pledge?
2: Fake outrage. I mean, that's that's essentially it. Anything you see from Ohio State makes a headline. Boom, you see you see the vultures. There's, they come swooping down. I mean, the whole Davo thing was circulating for you know a week or so before ESPN even started talking about it or even putting it on this website. And, and you have one little, you have one little. Thing about the the waiver or whatnot, and people get up in arms. But if they actually read it, is more is more or less like a pledge. It's just basically asking the players to be responsible for their actions because their actions can affect, you know, everyone within the actual program. So if they actually read the document, it's is is not something that's saying, hey, if you get sick and, and you die, then we're not responsible. It's nothing like that. And if you if they pay attention, you're going to start seeing a lot more other schools around the country having something similar. And I can tell you this, Ohio State... Uh, attorneys will not put something in writing that they deemed that can come back and really haunt uh, them. Ohio State has gone ab- above and beyond to make sure that the student athletes are taken care of and they care for them as far as their health and their mental health. So for, for Ohio State to put something out there is more or less saying, hey, this is what the expectations are, but the national media is going to take it and blow it up to be something way bigger than what it really is. Great
1: stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. It's easy to see why we get a ton of comments that listeners want more and more and more J-Book. So thank you very much, J-Book, and thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Again, real quick, if you like the show, you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. It really helps. If you're listening on YouTube and you like the show, subscribe. That really helps as well. Thanks again to J-Book. Thank you to all the listeners. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that fuck out swag, best damn band in the land.